And Beyblade, Beyblade, I think, but I mean, personally, I think Beyblade is, now nah, we'll get into that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hate the fact that I just said personally I, what I think about Beyblade is. Like this, show is <laughs> <laughs> this show has ruined my life, and I wish that I could go back in time uh, to before. Long ago in a distant land. And a good morning to everybody, all the boys and girls and all of our friends here. It's Saturday Morning Tuesdays. I'm Austin. I'm Rory. I'm Andy. And we're back with our second episode of our Poke Clones arc. It's the second episode of season four of mm-hmm. our podcast. Ooh. The sun is out, the sky is blue, the Patreon is launched, and mm-hmm. uh, everything feels good. We're ready to talk about some some uh, monstrosities, some pocket monstrosities. <laughs> you know that you know they talk about separating the wheat from the chaff. I think we I think we accidentally made a meal of all chaff. I think we I think we filled our bowl with chaff instead of Piled cereal. Piled our wagon high of chaff in the fields. <laughs> I think that no amount of milk is going to help us stomach this chaff down our throats. Uh, this is... <laughs> what are we doing? Why do we do this? I hate everything. Uh, well, you know, we were looking at, we were looking at our, our calendar and it just didn't feel like doing our normal two-episode rundown it's gonna get through all the shit that got made and all the shit that got made didn't really doesn't really merit half an episode yeah Yeah, there is no way that we are gonna catch all 150 poke clones uh (laughs) by doing a a limited run so we're we're borrowing our mummy stuff like shotgun approach Mm, our uh lightning round approach where we watch a ton of episodes and kind of like try to get through them as fast as possible and, and unlike unlike that that uh, mummy stuff arc where we kind of waited until the end of it to do the shotgun, we realized if we're going to shotgun a bunch of bad shots before we drink good stuff. Oh, you don't like it when you shotgun at the end? You shouldn't. No, you shouldn't. I hate it. You shouldn't. You, you shouldn't milk it for three weeks and then at the very end just pow. <laughs> no, no, we wanted to get this like potentially the bad clones out of the way, and I, I want I want to stress we're not getting through every clone in this arc. There oh, are no. many, many that we decided not to watch because we either we thought they were not close enough to Pokemon or they just looked so terrible. So we picked a few. We picked a representative four. Uh, well, and even do... it's so terrible. It's not even quite fair. They're too mediocre is what they mm-hmm. is their is their main is their main. They didn't even try something interesting and fail it spectacularly. They're just mm-hmm. generic ripoff spoiled bananas. <laughs> They've met the boundaries of selling toys and cre- yeah. trying to create sort of a narrative around selling toys to children. They met this the is bare the best minimum they could of, do. of yeah. calling it, of phoning it in. Uh, so without further ado, I'd like to announce the four shows that we Let's are uh, going to blast through in this with this week's episode of Saddam Tuesdays. Name them one, two, three, and four. One, two, three, and four. We're going to be watching Bakugan Battle Brawlers. We watched Dinosaur King. 
We watched Fighting Foodons, and we watched Beyblade, because there was no way we were going to get away from this arc without watching <laughs> Beyblade. <laughs> Much like a spinning top, we sort of were hurling towards Beyblade, and there's nothing we could do about it. Do, do you ever kind of feel like maybe you spent your whole life sort of just like strategically avoiding Beyblade, only to have this podcast just stab you in the gut? I don't, I've never touched any of this content, and I'm... I'm really feeling regretful now. I it's funny. It's so it's it's so it's such karmic justice that I'm watching it now. Um, <laughs> Beyblade, <laughs> Beyblade might be the first cartoon I ever saw like come on TV. I would have been mm. what eleven maybe. Beyblade was the first time I felt like maybe I was outgrowing cartoons. <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. It sure. was. It came on and it was so repellently. And and the toys had already been out, so it was it wasn't even like it could pretend to be a show. It was just a commercial, and it was so obvious. And show it's not the first commercial that's been a loosely formed into a TV show. It just right. It was the it was the one that got my my eleven year old bullshit sensor up first. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's a really interesting point, and I think it's really easy because there were so many of these Pokemon clones. I feel like it's really easy to pinpoint where our sort of youth ended. <laughs> in a way, I sort of where our where our young optimism sort of ended is in between, like when Pokemon came out and when the next thing after that came out mm-hmm. is really well, sort of like. I mean, as you'll see in the future, when of course you know maybe a little bit of a spoiler alert, we're probably going to watch an episode of Yu Gi Oh in this arc. I'm going to be shitting all over a couple of these shows, and then I'm going to kind of look back fondly on Yu Gi Oh, and there's no reason for that to be. They're all sure. just as bad. Yu-Gi-Oh wasn't good. I was just young enough and receptive enough at the time that I have nostalgia. That's well, the only thing for, that saves them. For me, Yu-Gi-Oh was a, another one I I, I I bounced off of. Mm-hmm. But I felt like I was bouncing off of a bad show, not kind of seeing the code, the Matrix code. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sure. it's not the first cartoon I just didn't like. No, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Uh, it's a it's a rough moment when you're when you get old enough to see the Matrix code and you realize that you're Wait being hunted minute. by agents. And you realize you're being sold. <laughs> so okay, so we want to we want to start talking about these. Uh, we got four episodes to talk about. We watched episode one of every one of these shows. Uh, I'm sure we're not going to be blasting through these in as much detail. That's kind of the point. So let's yeah. get going. We wanted to start our discussion talking about Bakugan Battle Brawlers. So let's do it. Let's hear that theme song. What are you gonna do? The odds are stacked against you. And that pretty much does it for Bakugan. <laughs> <laughs> We can't. We can't. No. no, no. We have to actually sit and talk about this, Rory. We we got to do it. Uh, uh, will somebody I, please yeah. read the summary. Please. I, no, I pre- no no no. I, I I have a summary. I'm gonna read it. But I want to yes, re- I want to read you. I first want to read you a one sentence description of this episode that I think is maybe the most accurate thing that you could hear uh, about the things that I cared about walking away, and which is that Bakugan is a show about a hot dad trying to get some pudding. 
and <laughs> everything else in this episode doesn't matter. So if you want to just kind of tune out for a few minutes while we talk about other things, just remember a hot dad trying to get some pudding. Business dad wants flan. <laughs> <laughs> so here we go. Uh, I, I apologize in advance. <clears throat> this episode's called Bakugan, The Battle Begins. The battle begins when the story of how the game of Bakugan was created with the help of Dan Kuso and many other children and how it quickly became popular around the world. Dan faces a young boy, Akira's older brother, Shuji, as Drago and a mysterious right I love boy. the half, how half-assedly they renamed about one-third of the characters at most. <laughs> and yeah. of them, only their, only their, you know, their first name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Dan, it's so out of character. place to have Shuji and Drago Akira, and, Akira and Akira and Dan. <laughs> <laughs> so he's the, he's uh, Japan Dan. <laughs> Japan Dan. <laughs> so Drago and a mysterious white dragon known as Naga fight in Vestroya, with the dragon destroying itself by getting too close to the two cores of Vestroya, Silent and Infinity. Dan quickly beats his opponent, but in a rematch, things are far more heated. Drago and Darkest Bakugan called a, a Darkest Bakugan called Fear Ripper fight it out with Dan watching them. Their fight gets interrupted as Drago's fight gets in the way, and Dan then gets Drago in the fight and gives him his name. So if you feel like things kind of took a weird turn without context, uh, you are in the same boat we are. Um, boy. So yeah, so on one hand, we have kind of a very standard story and we'll, we'll look at this more in, in Beyblade as well of like a kid who's like I, I don't have time for my family I gotta go fight with this fun game that I play with my school friends <laughs> and then there's also at the same time this just completely bonkers separate thing happening that mm -hmm. they speed through really quickly well I guess I guess the you're talking about the dad's quest for pudding <laughs> <laughs> No, but that's uh, yes, yes. Of course, that's what we're talking about. It's a, it's a very, it's a. They really so, should have spent more time on dad and his yoga wife and their pudding mishaps. So I, I wanted to say because I, I came in, not I didn't come into the show with high expectations, but I was tentatively impressed very early um, with Hot Yoga Mom because <laughs> yeah, there's just wife? it was. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> There's such uh, inclination in so many uh, shows like this, where the you know main character is uh, is uh, super awesome at everything and runs around in a magical world, that the sort of their family life is and, and the and the characters that inhabit it are kind of static and and just sort of there for the main character to completely not spend time with. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, so. Seeing her immediately doing yoga just had had her being had the world not forget she exists and she does stuff in it. Yeah, uh, which was kind of cool. Although she was a little too hot and a little too uh, poised for <laughs> poised for action. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, but it was it was cool. They gave the parents a couple character traits. She does yoga. He likes pudding. So when his when his hot young dad comes home, when his hot young stallion of a dad comes home, comes home from business, he came home from a long day of business. He's just trying to get some pud. I just want some midday pud. Just uh, want some beautiful flan. Because his dad looks about sixteen. Yes, yeah. he does. 
Okay, okay, okay. No, the thing we were talking about earlier is the fact that aside from the normal main kids just sort of playing this game with marbles that transform into little monsters, which is called Bakugan, and it's a real thing, and you should Google it. If you don't know what it is, it's really weird. Uh, aside from that, we're sort of led to believe that while they play this game, they kind of momentarily get to sort of like stop time and they're transported into like another dimension for a minute. And I guess somewhere else in this other dimension, there's a bunch of dragons fighting over some mystical world. And that kind of like collides with the kids playing games for some reason in a way that we don't yeah. get any info on in episode one. This is what it says on Wikipedia. Vestroya loses its natural balance and merges with the Earth and many other worlds. An evil Bakugan called Naga was tempted to take the power of the Infinity and Silent Cores, which formed the perfect core that balanced Vestroya, but destroyed, absorbed too much negative energy and thus was trapped within the Silent Core and destabilized Vestroya. So Dan and the Brawlers decide to bring back balance by meeting new friends and allies in the other worlds. <laughs> Learn more about the origin of the Bakugan and facing Naga, a rogue Bakugan, who seeks the mighty Infinity Core so that he could complete the all-powerful perfect core and have almighty power and absolute control over Earth and Vestroya. <laughs> that totally leaves out the fact that there's six elements and one of them has a beast named Darkus, and it's the from That's the dark the element. It's, yeah, it's Darkus, the dark element. Of course. <laughs> I just okay. This obviously we're not going to talk very much about this because we've told you literally everything that we care about already. It's done. This is that was Bakugan. <laughs> they fight a little bit. They fight a lot bit, actually. <laughs> yeah. An upsetting amount of this episode is is playing the goddamn game. It's they really they, boring and the animation is lame. Every one of the other shows that we watched, if it has a game as a part of it, taught you the rules of the game. They yeah. actually well, teach you how to enjoy the fight. Because this game fighting. is, as far as I can tell, uh, just an absolute total ripoff of Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> uh, I don't know how much you actually need to teach it. Well, I mean, Yu-Gi-Oh! is kind of still the same. It's about as simple as a game can get. A big number is the better card. And that's yeah. all there is to Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even you're totally leaving out trap cards and pot of greed. But the, <laughs> the, the thing is about this. Uh, Rory sent us a video on our Facebook thread of, I guess, like a, a YouTube channel that's like, I don't know if it's run by kids, but everybody in it's it is kids. run for it was like, kids. Definitely four kids. It was like a a, a a kind of 16 minute movie about like these kids. It was like live action white kids reenacting an anime about Bakugan. You better believe these kids were white as eggs. <laughs> and, and they're all playing not a, not a drop of melanin among the four of them. <laughs> no. And and Bakugan, it seems like is just you've got a marble that rolls out and then turns into a monster like a droidica from Star Wars prequels. And 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 I guess it 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 un, it unfurls into its monster when it hits a certain hex tile on the board. And I guess you can place them down. I don't really know. But all you really see is these kids just rolling little marbles and then they open up and then one of them goes, yes. And the other one is sad. It's really low. It's really low effort content for sure. I'm sure it's a bit of a content mill. Yeah, this, it's hardly a game in there, and and I'm saying that in comparison with the spinning. Tops oh, I wasn't game. even criticizing the uh, <laughs> criticizing the game. The game, it's a toy. If kids like it, it it functions, right? It's it's yes. Uh, it's easy as adults to critique the game and the toy for mm -hmm. being absolute horseshit, but <laughs> we're sure. not we're not the audience, so it's a little unfair. Uh -huh. Sure. But in the in the show to try and like bring these mammoth stakes from another dimension and these massive dragon gods sort of trying to get to the center of the universe. And I just I wrote 
I wrote down a sentence that said, that said, oh, yes, well, of course, the effect of trying to consume infinity is that you turn the tides of a little boy's marble game. And that's how <laughs> I feel about the show. Like, this shouldn't matter. Yeah. Like, nothing, none of these two things should not be colliding. And, and it does not sell itself well. Also, it's set up as that cards just one day fell from the sky. And then, like, everybody got the cards. And then this kid, this fucking <laughs> kid, Dan... And I guess his friends on the internet <laughs> decided it, yeah, to make a game. It, it, the, we have one scene with his friends. They're this. They're like a club of Bakugan <laughs> battlers, and uh, the girls. The, they're all about nine years old, and the girls both want to suck his cock. Crazy stunts. It's super uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All of these shows were way hornier than I was. I was I expecting them to be. One of those, I, I just loved it that one of, one of those girls tries to, like, soldier boy kiss him through the she phone. She tries to go through the computer like a phone spider and get her <laughs> and lips around that hug. <laughs> and, and, and he, he like, falls away from the computer and he goes, I'm a, he's like, ew, gross. I'm a battle brawler, not your boyfriend. I'm a Bakugan boy. <laughs> <laughs> My life's about Bakugan. Be gone, thought. <laughs> <laughs> actually yeah okay the the main character of this show had kind of enough of a cocky energy that it was kind of a bit like watching pokemon if pokemon had been about gary instead yeah we don't even see he doesn't do he doesn't earn anything this entire show he's so unlikable and he constantly succeeds it's that it's that he's never seen again and again he's it's 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 so i mean i don't know if i don't remember as a little kid liking it but i certainly wasn't as put off by it but now i find it so unapproachable and so <laughs> un unappealing absolutely yeah. i just i want to play a clip of uh the overwrought dragon narration that sort of happens <laughs> halfway through the show if only the human they call dan could understand that bakugan is not just a game an even larger battle is taking place in my universe Bestroya. A universe fueled by six worlds, each with its own element. Just to hear how how wildly serious these this dragon soap opera is that's happening <laughs> in an alternate world is playing out because it's it's insane. Um, it's such a weird it's such a weird juxtaposition too because it's it's so much about apparently about just like little kids doing little kid stuff too because we see the the next episode preview and he says a line he says my teacher just doesn't get it she thinks my bakugan is just a toy and this (laughs) this was amazing to hear because and i can't remember if i said this in the last episode but my mom is a primary school teacher and she dealt with kids having bakugans in the class (laughs) and you know, it was like I had to take away another Bakugan because uh, kids were battle brawling in the middle of like in the middle of class. And it's like hearing that in the show of like, look, your teacher's going to think it's just a toy. But <laughs> this, they, they don't this know idiot, this, the, the... this idiot doesn't understand the fate of, you know, the fate of Vestroya. And... <laughs> I want you to lie to get that Bakugan back. I want you to steal it back. It doesn't matter. Oh my god. Your teacher doesn't understand. All right, before we walk away from Bakugan, is there is there some kind of way that we want to talk about these in in reference to Pokémon, like how well they're being a clone? Yeah, I I've got some metrics. I think we can talk about some just some simple metrics. We can bl- blow through a few of these things, yeah. So, the monsters themselves. How are the monsters? Do we want to collect them all? Not a single one. Zero. They're boring. No. No. They weren't they're cute. They're boring and terrible. They were boring. They don't really 
talk. I guess the dragon well, maybe The talks. main thing is they don't really establish value to any of them. The kids just no. have them from the beginning. Yep. And they're generic. Yeah. And yep. they're monsters. Yep. They're cool, but in a completely who gives a fuck kind of way. Right. Yeah. And they kind of all have to conceivably fit into this orb shape that they can pop yeah, out and of. Yeah, the, and they're so all they're, cool in the same exact way. Like, uh-huh. so... They've got they've got no relative value, right? There's, no yeah. and there's not like the wild, there's not like the silly like whale. There's one. no Mister you know, Mimes like, in here. Yeah, <laughs> no, they're all just like <laughs> totally like monsters that fuck, and I'm not interested. Mister Mime was my father. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, so that's a fail on the monsters. How about yeah. how about our how about our main character or main characters? Do they do they suck like Ash or fuck like Gary? They suck. They suck. They suck. They're exposition machines entirely. Yeah. And, and again, this battling that they're doing is so dry. It's <laughs> For absolute... a kid show about battling, it's like all they're doing is talking about, you know, increasing power levels. But they're not really, again, they're not telling you how to play. I just, I was and so And they just lost. battle because they live for the love of battle. It... But they also made this game and I don't get any sense. I know. How lame are you if you, if you're Dan and you helped make this game and you only rank 121st? That must suck. Yeah. <laughs> but also, I would like them to approach it like, ah, we need to tweak the game. I don't know. Like, things yeah. talking about actually an angle of like, hey, we made this game, but like, we're still figuring it out. Or I don't know. It, it seems like they dumped that. They mentioned that, that he made the game just as a way to like, great, we got that out. I think that's just a way to give him more points. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it could have been a, a more interesting like story angle. Sure. Uh, I would actually add a a subcategory to the people section um, that isn't so much in this, but in the other ones, uh, absentee parents, sort of a rating on Mm -hmm. on how absentee Mm -hmm. the parents are. Uh, I would say around full marks for these. No, they were too busy fucking, though. (laughs) (laughs) They might be too busy uh, eating pudding. Yeah, that's not that is and isn't a euphemism. Yeah. Chronicling their their Peloton journey over the next year. (laughs) Um, how about the world? How about how like bland, dystopia, completely bland? It's world. a normal world with this weird dragon world under. I, I don't know. I don't understand it, and I don't want to. No, right. My my biggest like existential fear in this world is that kids have way too much power. Uh, they're like <laughs> summoning monsters and slowing down time. Kids, parents don't seem to care. I guess uh, that mm-hmm. all these cards fell out of the sky and they create wormholes. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I don't give two flaming poops about the dragon world made of elements that is in danger or something. They didn't make yeah, me care. No. I don't care. No, no. Who gives a shit? That's a failure <laughs> uh, there. Final, final category, I think. Uh, how, how good is the capitalist synergy in this, in this <laughs> show? I, it doesn't seem good, but people were bakuganing in school, so I got to give it to them, right? I do, yeah, too. It That's did work. Thing. This is a crazy thing. Bakugan was it was popular for a minute in Japan, but it got popular everywhere else way more to the point where the fourth season of this show did not even air in Japan. They made an anime in Japan that they didn't air there, which I feel like is unheard of. That's crazy. (laughs) And so like but they launched the physical game at the same time they launched the anime, maybe like a year apart or something like it was planned as a rollout together. And so I think that gives them at least moderate capitalism points. We give it like two out of three Walt Disney's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, overall, pretty bad marks for Bakugan. Sorry, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Next. Dinosaur King is what you want to be. Yeah. 
king is your destiny. Yeah. Make your mark, come on and make your move. Control the cards right in your hands. Jurassic Giants at your command. D, -d, -d, D team. Watch out, here we go. Prehistoric dinosaurs aren't extinct anymore. See them fight, hear a roar. Watch out, cause they're right next door. All right, the next one we watched is Dinosaur King. Uh, it was a little bit. It was a little bit of a uh, last-minute switcheroo. One of the shows we watched was a little hard to find. Uh, one of the shows we wanted to watch, I should say. Uh, Dinosaur King fits our criteria, though, and it'll be worth talking about. And it is a, one of the later incarnations of these Pokemon clones, so it helps give us a little bit more of a uh, see the lifespan of how these shows have changed. Yeah, uh, through through the through the time hole so yeah. let's uh let's talk about dinosaur king uh max rex and zoe discover a meteor crash in a nearby forest and some strange tablets and a card that are used to summon a triceratops <laughs> who they later named chomp to come out dr z plots to become dinosaur king and a dinosaur <laughs> battle ensues between chomp and terry the tyrannosaurus rex that belongs to ursula not to be confused with Rex, our main, our main character number two. True. Yes. <laughs> uh, soon, Chomp is worn out and tired, and it seems obvious that Terry will win until Max uses a move called Electric Charge. Now, what this show really is about is about a hot dad who <laughs> yes. is, a hot, is a hunk of a father. <laughs> when your dad's name is Spike, like you started life at a, a detriment. No one's going to pay attention to you, Max. Your dad's name is Spike Taylor. And he's a he's a, a big Taylor, the ripped fuck machine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, something I want to mention right up front is that uh, of all the Poke clones, I think this one makes the most shameless move. Uh, it's it's w this one and uh, and let's see which one is it. This one and Fighting Foodons are both four kids dub, uh, just like Pokemon is. But this one just is like you know what. Fuck it. We're going to get that same actress who plays Ash, and we're going to get her to do the main character of this show. <laughs> it. It's Ash again. Let's get yeah. Veronica Taylor. And, like, that's so bold-faced that I think that ahead of our ranking, I got to give them at least a Walt Disney for that capitalism point there. Yeah. I, yeah. That's just, that's incredible. One, one, one Mickey's giggle. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I have something that I want to talk about right off the get-go. Uh, Let's hear the, it right off the get-go. Yeah, take it off right the get-go and talk about it. it. <laughs> gecko, come take back here with that thing I want to talk about. CG dinosaurs. Oh, it's yeah. awful. Oh, oh it's not bad. Bad. <laughs> I'll talk about Especially when one of the dinosaurs is, uh, they, they do a Digivolve move from, <laughs> straight out Digimon. But their yeah. anime form, their, their young, their, their little baby self is anime style. And their and their Greymon style is CGI. Is Turok, it's, is Turok it's 64. It's Turok 64. <laughs> it's really gross. And 2008 would have already seen like Red Dead. No, not Red Dead 1, but uh, Gears of War had been out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to think of like what CGI games. Also, like even just like the Clone Wars, even just the Clone Wars TV show. You know, yeah. like it was possible to do way better CGI. Yeah, and they were just, they were not, this was, this is so bad. And the, they, they, I don't know if they, they're proud of it, but they're definitely not hiding it because the whole opening sequence, the intro is just full of these CG dinosaurs while like this, 
horrible rap song is happening where he raps. Oh, the rap like, is really bad. He says yeah. the word extant. He says extant in a rap. Like, <laughs> read the room. This is for little kids. And also, you don't rap the word extant. But he doesn't say it in a way that makes you think that he didn't pull it out of a thesaurus to fit the rhyme. Exactly. Well, who are our main characters? We got we got a kid named Max. Max. Whose dad is whose dad is Spike. So Max, who cares? Spike Taylor is the dad that we want. Yeah, Spike Taylor is a hot cowboy uh, <laughs> paleontologist, <laughs> right? Who sort of yes. likes to do adventures and then also not talk to his wife. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh-huh. He keeps her primed, and she's and she's and <laughs> she knows she knows how how lucky she is to be with Spike Taylor. <laughs> Uh, she, oh, I would no. say the mom, uh, the mom in this show is the mom's probably, got, the mom's got a good ride. She's got a sweet gig. <laughs> no, but the mom she's is not like, smart. she's like, t- she's taking lewds or something. She is not. She friendly. lives in a log yeah. cabin and from time to time, her silver <laughs> fox of a husband blows through the door and knocks her socks <laughs> off. But she walks out after later, you know, once, once Max has found a, you know, a tricer a baby triceratops. She doesn't spend babies. her time watching her boy. <laughs> no, but no. like he comes back and shows the dad, and he's like, "Holy shit, this is huge! It's a triceratops!" And then the mom <laughs> comes right. out, like, "He's a very unique looking dog." Like <laughs> we cannot, we cannot tell your mom about this. She doesn't understand. <laughs> your mom, it takes a lot of work for your mom to not to just be sober in this world and, and take, <laughs> take in what's going on. We can't rock it like this. We cannot do this. It would, oh it would break God. her. Um, okay, so, <laughs> so to start from the beginning, uh, you know, Max is whatever, and I don't understand. So he sees a, a meteor crash in the forest, and like, he gets right, he right to he's assemble reading a book about meteors. About meteors, yeah, and he has a dream about it, and then he sees it in real life. Um, they sort of hit the meteor thing in three different ways, <laughs> and then he's got to assemble the D team. Um, which <laughs> which they keep trying to make work. Or his brother his is, is Rex's yeah, brother... I don't know, but he sleeps in the same house. Yeah. I don't um, know. So, so yeah. Maybe the mom just thinks it's another, their, their dog. We've already got a dog. He sleeps in a person bed, and it's funny. Yeah, his Rex I is a dog. I told you, man. I'm your son. <laughs> okay, Rex. Here's a treat. Well, there's also this girl, this friend of theirs named Zoe, and so that's the D yeah. team. It's these three. But the D They've... team is not named for dinosaurs. I guess it's named danger? after danger. Danger. I, they hang out and they sort of go on on fun adventures together. But God, do they? God, do they tease you with the line like, "What do you think the D D team stands for?" <laughs> oh, Rory, I know. But this is, it's not, it's not interesting. These characters aren't very interesting. I liked, I liked Rex. He's, Rex is fun. He's a fun guy. He's got some sass. He's not like just sort of going along for the ride. He has things to say about what's going on and he's not always, he's a little skeptical. I I enjoy him. He wasn't full, he wasn't full Matt. Like he wasn't a hunk like Matt, but you know. No, he's more like your T, he's more like your, uh, what was, uh, more like your Izzy. He's the mm. nerd, but he's got a little going on. He's, yeah, he's not. Though the, the three person makeup definitely calls to mind pokemon more than digimon totally you know mm-hmm. the you've got your misty you know you've yep. got literally have ash like literally you have your ash and then i guess <laughs> yes. rex is your <laughs> is your brock but uh they find they find to the meteor site they find these like stone slabs that have symbols on them 
and, and then, then also there are some cards. cards. And they go through some convoluted ritual to turn the cards in the slabs and the and their and they've got they've got digivices for some reason. Yeah, and, and they turn uh, into these CG dinosaurs, and you then the, combine them into dinosaurs. And the CG dinosaur then turns into a little anime chibi dinosaur that's really cute, named Chomp. And he goes Chomp, Chomp, Chomp. Oh, Chomp, Chomp, Chomp. I like the little dinosaur. It was cute. It was cute in the way that you want your Pokemon monster to be cute. Right? Yeah, Chomp was was a cutie pie, and I didn't actually hate his design for the first. I think the only time a character, like a monster character, in this whole run, I, I appreciated was Chomp. I think he was a little cutie. Yeah. And then we have to talk about the other half of the cast because we've yes. got this like the team baddies. of villains. Uh one of which is this older man named Dr. Z <laughs> and he wants to be dinosaur king. Yeah, and I guess he's, he's telling he a boo-boo in... on his butt and then his and then his <laughs> German wife who's also kind of like his drill sergeant uh fixes patches him up but but then she sees the tattoo of her face that he has he's on his got right a tattoo of her on the on the uh he's got her bet it's like her uh, what was the bit it was a little bit funny but kind of too convoluted and weird it she was like wants her, her like left he wants it on her good side. side yeah she wants to be on the other cheek so that you would capture her good side yeah <laughs> i don't th- it's look we got hit so... with a lot of stuff in this scene. there's so much going on but the tattoo bit could have had legs. That's a, that's a funny premise that yeah. just was dead on the vine. They also yeah. had a funny line where there's a, there's one of their like hench people named Ed and Dr. Z's like, ah, I'm Dr. Z. And he goes, how's that spelled again? And he goes, it's Dr. Z. You spell it with a Z. <laughs> <laughs> and I did laugh. I liked it. Is that a capital Z? Yeah. Of course it is. <laughs> and so I guess they're back in time. Like they're from the future. Uh, yeah, or something. So I did and think they, this was interesting. I that, think there's an implication that they went back in time and saved the dinosaurs by turning them into cards. Is that what you got? I did not get it because this show doesn't take place in our time. Mm-hmm. It's completely unplaceable. Uh, I yeah. <laughs> this <laughs> dinosaur king. Sorry, got stuck in my throat. Uh, I want to talk more about Helga tattoo on a butt cheek than I do about the world building in this show. Uh, but I think that the only other thing that we should mention is that there's uh, the, these three henchmen named Ursula, Xander, and Ed. They have a very Team Rockety intro that I want to play. Yeah. My name's Max, but who are you? The Alpha Gang. Imagine your worst nightmare. Except you're wide awake. Oh, so Ursula. Fantastic, Xander. Ed, I said. Did you understand any of that? I thought it was kind of funny, but I don't know. It's predictable. It, this, it's been done. It is. It, They're it, really it is going for the poses and for the rhymes in the very yep. Team Rocket way. Uh, yeah, also mm-hmm. being very like aggressively negative to Ed, who is fat, and they yeah. really don't let you forget it. They they <laughs> continually bring up like, man, if you weren't so fucking fat, it would be like, <laughs> holy shit, you guys, calm down about Ed. Oh my god, like, don't eat me. I'm all skin and bones. You should go eat Ed. He's like four times my size or something. Jesus, how do we want to rate this? How are the monsters? Uh, uh, one. One or two. Out, out of what? I'd out be, of five? Uh, just enough to be fairly above <laughs> Bakugan. Uh, out of sure. five, sure. Sure. I Yeah, we can give it a one or a two just because they get a, they, they, they're they only not a, a just zero or a one because Chomp is a little cute. 
Chomp's little you know? cutie. Because Chomp's the cutie. bar and, and for even, Zero's been set. Yes, it has. <laughs> and Terry, Terry's little chibi form is actually kind of cute. The little T-Rex that we see, he was he was kind of cute, oh, too. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so, you know, we, we can give it maybe maybe a one or a two. Yeah, A one and a half, it sounds like. Oh, I like it. Yeah. Now it's out of ten. We just gave it a three out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> All right, people. How are the people? I can stick with two out of five. Yeah, I like the dad. I mean, you know, the dad has some nice moments. He made this this machine on the fly that does the same thing that the stone tablet does, but better, I guess. So they didn't really and he need... wrote like a 300 page manual for it. And, and Max is just yes. like, uh, I just trust you and I'll read it later. <laughs> no, it's a very dad thing to do of like, I may do this, but first you should read the manual. It's very important. <laughs> All right. How is the world of this? How is the world of Dinosaur King? incredibly Zero. obscured no, no points they're just in a forest they're in a random forest i am <laughs> i am terrified of the notion that if these are the people who have access to time travel the sort of butterfly <laughs> effect situation that could happen at any moment i mean we didn't even mention the the other henchman who is the sort of hot hunk named seth who's apparently the one repairing the, the time machine seth. i might be okay if seth was the only one with the time machine <laughs> but, the, but the fact that dr z seems to be in charge nah, i'm not feeling that yeah. How is the uh, capitalist synergy in Dinosaur King? I don't uh, know, but it seems I think it's low. low. I think it's low. Low, because the only definitely. The only thing they had, it was an arcade game that, like, I guess you had to have cards. Like, you brought your own card, like, cards that worked with the arcade game, and you brought them to the arcade and, like, played this game with the, the I don't know. So, like, yeah. I guess that, Ooh, that the, was around the for a little forced, bit. That forced vertical integration rarely plays. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And you want to play God. with your toy? Go buy this other toy, and you can't use either of them apart. Yep. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. So I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say a one on this one. Yeah. So yeah. Only a low. single Walt. So just the Walt for using Veronica Taylor as the <laughs> right. Yes, the honorary Walt we gave it for using the Ash Force. Awesome. Next. Hey, I don't mean to interrupt our, our rapid fire poke clone shotgun style, sh- you know, watchems, our our fun watchems. But we do we, <laughs> we we've got a little we've got a little mid roll, a little 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 tell you about our stuff that we want to do. So somebody tell me what we're talking about because I think it's called Patreon. Yeah, well, we actually want to tell you about Me Undies, which is a great service <laughs> that. Uh, uh, we no, are not. We're not, we're not privileged okay. to 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 actually talk about that one. They've told us. They've told us they actually don't like it. What's the opposite of a sponsorship? Uh, you, you, the listener, give us the money rather than uh, you know than the underwear kings. Rather than the underwear king, me <laughs> of me undies. Yeah, I'm king me. <laughs> uh yeah so what do we we got we got a patreon we're we're uh we're hoping that you are interested uh because we're gonna do fun stuff there is this good is that is that good words we do fun stuff on our patreon we've got some bonus content keep on digging that trench andy i'm digging it i'm digging it i'll dig my way back out we we do bonus content we've got early episodes we've got voting on what shows we watch for our specials and we've got the feeling of of supporting a thing that you love. It's a great way to engage with us or just show a little bit of support. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, the commitment is fairly minimal if you're, you know, if you're strapped for cash and but you still want to throw us a buck a month, you know, yeah. ain't nobody, yeah. ain't nobody here is we, telling you you can't do that. We also want to, like, honor our subscribers and we will 
say your name if you would like to hear it. Uh, we'll say your name out loud in this section, and uh, we can also <laughs> send um, at the highest tier. We can send a personalized thank you. Yeah, uh, which is fun. Yeah, we'll tell you one of our dark secrets. For only eight dollars a month, we'll we can't promise some that. Of our... We'll tell you one of Andy's dark secrets. <laughs> is what we can promise. Yeah, just so Rory and I can maintain our mystique, because that's pretty Aww. important to the brand. Got it. And he just screams them from the dungeon. I'm a trashy open book with one of those horrible covers, with like you know, one of those romance novels. That's the kind of open book I am. Well, you can learn more at our Patreon. And what is that? Oh, it's patreon.com slash Tuesdays. You should know how to spell that, but it's S-A-T-A-M Tuesdays. You can find us on Patreon. And without further ado, we're going to get right, right on, right on back to the Poke Clones. Boom. Let's do it. I something incredible. These monsters once were edible. So everybody take a look at combat creatures you All right, everybody, we are back with our third show of the morning, and that show is Fighting Foodons. And yeah, baby. Fighting Foodons, uh, the anime came out around 2001, I think. Uh, MAGA mm-hmm. came out in 1998, yes. which is suspiciously close to when Pokemon had started coming out. And uh, it, it definitely feels like it was only made after Pokemon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so clearly a attempt to cash in on look at all the things you got to get <laughs> look at all the the happy meal toys we can make um and here's a synopsis oh wait there wasn't any <laughs> this didn't this wasn't popular enough to get any sort of synopsis or any sort of attention online so we don't have a full synopsis for this episode so um let me just try to remember what happened um first of all the episode's called rice to meet you which we definitely I could it's talk pretty all funny, week about although that. I, I I wish it was rice to meat. The meat is not M E A T. Oh, that's so they a left oh, a, they left one food pun on the table. That's a huge maybe that miss. shows restraint. But they did manage to get through a fair amount of food puns, and I kind of wish I spoke Japanese to have listened to it in its original punniness. Yeah. It would have been could have been fun. So what happens is essentially we live in some sort of horrible world. Where there's an empire and food can be turned into monsters by putting <laughs> the right card on it. That's called a meal ticket. And uh, there are some evil people that want to create these powerful foodons. And one of them is a cat girl. And there's an empire. There's like the the glutton empire. Yeah, run and by we're King in- Gorgeous Gorge. Gorgeous Gorge. Yeah, and this is in Gorge Town, where where this where we set our scene, where we lay our scene in in fair Gorge Town. And there's um some precocious youths who sneak into a castle and to free their dad. They gotta free their dad, who is the the handsome and busily designed uh, Chef, Chef Jack. Jack. <laughs> and uh, but our kids are his two children, Chase and Kayla, and they're unnamed cute flying sidekick so so i want to say the the story the backdrop the characters are as uninteresting to as you would expect but i really dig the idea 
of finding food odds. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, and and I can I, I can back it up, like because if you what Pokemon lacks is a single cohesive creative idea, uh, mm-hmm. like uh for and and the trainers are there's nothing that is that the trainers are particularly overtly good at or better at or or interesting for. So so the fact that all these things are food and and you interpret the foods from the countries they're from, from the from the style of the dish, you have mm-hmm. a lot of character going into these foodons. They're silly. And I think that's another fun fact is that like if you can't make all of your monsters cool and scary and real and threatening, lean into silly, man. And it yeah, and it, totally. it works. And yeah. and they're fun and they have so much more depth to them just by being Fried Risa the Rice Ninja is Fried Ricer. <laughs> fried Ricer the Rice Ninja. He's just <laughs> he's just got so much more going on immediately. Maybe not than a Pikachu, but certainly than um Yeah, they have characters. A Spiro. A Spiro. Yeah. Well, okay, so what I like about it as well, which totally is in the same zone as what you're talking about, Rory, what I really like is that with Pokemon we're sort of understanding, like, yeah, there's a lot of Pokemon out there. Somebody designed all the Pokemon. There's 150 of them. We just got to go find them, and they live in different places. With fighting foodons, it's cooking, man. It's cooking. You, can you make create them, you and you can be a better chef. And you can also, be a good chef. in Pokemon... Like, you can combine ingredients and, like, make a new foodon because you were creative. Every new right. Pokemon, the the target shrinks for how <laughs> for how easy it is to make another cool Pokemon. Mm-hmm. So not only do you have all these foods to pull from and you're not trying to be cool, so you can't whiff. You can't have these because every lame Pokemon really just sucks. Yeah. And that's true of all of the shows that tried to go cool and didn't pull it off. Yeah. So I think it's smart when you have these collectibles. Don't you don't try for cool because it's it's too small of a target to consistently hit. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because. So many of these other shows have been so deeply capitalist and where the answer to everything is in just buying more of our products. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the, the answer is like, toys. seriously, it's like, seriously, you have to just, you know, some vague notion of getting stronger, but you've got to get you got to get them all. And now with fighting food on it more than anything, it encourages kids to cook, to like create their own <laughs> shit. Like it's kind of has the most actual practical positive message out of all the other shows is that like hey look at if you like trust yourself and you can kind of like make some cool stuff and you can cook food and it'll be fun and the food jokes are fun they're they're funny like yeah they're not they they're for the monsters themselves i did think they played they were almost always some combination of funny or 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 neat or novel Mm -hmm. of any of the shows i think i would have i actually would be interested to watch a few more episodes to just (laughs) the show did kind of suck unfortunately i've just i've just sucked its dick for so long you may have forgotten but the show (laughs) does kind of suck well okay but the first time i laughed in this show was pretty early when when there's like this ceremony so one of the big things that's happening is that there's like this masked figure that we later get it's, it's revealed is like this cat girl named claudia and you know it's spelled c-l-a-w <laughs> um and this this like shadowy group of like looks like cultists like chanting things over and over again they're trying to they've they've gotten 
Well, she says, my fellow gluttons, with this meal ticket and an ancient recipe for beef stew, we will attempt to create the most powerful food on in the glutton empire. And dad, Chef Jack, busts in and he says, Hate to spoil the party, gluttons, but your potluck has just run out. That made me laugh a lot. It's a good food joke. <laughs> there's a couple there was a couple good puns and I wish I'd written them all down. I also like how in media res this episode was. Yeah. Like it, it took place right in the middle of action happening, and we didn't get this like ten minute slow build up to something interesting happening. Like it's a weird world. We'll find out more about it, but like it got right to the interesting stuff. They had the they had the balls to to <laughs> To make their main character a little bit more three-dimensional, the reason he doesn't have a food on in this world where everybody's got food ons is because he sucks at cooking. Yeah. <laughs> He's not great at everything, and his dad is isn't a fuck monster who just gets it done. Yeah. Although in fighting food ons, his dad is a fuck monster who gets it done. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't pass he doesn't pass that torch. It skips yeah. a generation. <laughs> he mentions that he all he can make is burnt meatballs. And then we see them. Like, they didn't we fail. They became, they became food hunts. He made life. He breathed life into burnt meatballs. And they love him. And he, like, hugs <laughs> And they them. die for him. <laughs> they, they apologize to him constantly. It's a little unnerving. <laughs> They're the sorriest food hunts around. We're sorry. But even so, these burnt meatballs are still my friends. <laughs> It's pretty funny. (laughs) There's a little wizard. There's a little Yoda wizard who lives on a plate. Yeah, a saucer. Yeah, Uh, what's his name? Oslo. Oslo Oslo is pretty fun. He uh, he lies to our main character. He uh, in in a moment of of intense battle, and the main character is like, "I can't make good food." He gives him what he says is a a a super meal ticket that'll definitely make him have you know. It'll it'll make up for his lack in talent. And then he makes what we mentioned before was fried ricer and fried ricer fights and beats the shit out of the bad guy. And then later his, his beef dad's steak, like, the beef steak, yeah, the beef, beef dragon. Steak. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> beef steak, the beef dragon, the, the big bad, the big bad cow big dragon. Sort of cow Godzilla. <laughs> yeah. Later, his dad is like, Chase, there's no such thing as a turbo powered meal ticket. Oslo was just trying to get you to believe in yourself. Yes. And the space that, that jam gambit. I liked it. I, it's it, the Michael I didn't Secret stuff move. Yeah, I, I was getting either. mad at the show. I was getting mad at the show. Like, what? It's not about him being good. It's that he needed a special card. But then, no, yeah. it was about him being good. He I just needed that. a wizard to trick him. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, I'm I'm a little worried about this world though, um, because the first thing we learned about is slave is the slave labor that's mm-hmm. happening. Um, that it's yeah. a bad place to be a prisoner, and so we just kind of see uh, like prisoners getting whipped mercilessly. Um, yeah, King Gorge is not a good guy. Yeah, what's happening here? Um, I, you know, the stakes are high. Gotta say, stakes are <laughs> high in this one. And to your they, to your uh, your your uh, metric of absentee parents, I mean, we don't see a mom. But the dad totally just ditches the kids at the end of the episode because he's got to go off and fight a war against King Gorge. And he's like, cool, have fun, kids. Well, yeah. the dad it seems like he leaves them to work at the in some sort of night market with his food cart. Mm, <laughs> right. <laughs> you mean his mobile attack cuisine cart? <laughs> yes, his mobile yep. attack cuisine cart. <laughs> uh, I want to talk about Kayla really quick, the daughter. Yeah. Uh, and I guess the younger sister. I don't know if they yep. explicitly say. I think but- so. 
Kayla is another one of this is a character we've seen a lot in archetype of the deeply competent yeah. sister or deeply competent girl character who who's never going to really. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. She was, I was the most put off by by her in, in all of all the shows. Well, the show is, should be about Kayla and it's it just should not. be about <laughs> Kayla. Right. And for some reason, they've decided that Tyson. Well, you're the main character in this one. So not we need Tyson. a boy. Uh, Tyson's from Beyblade, Austin. And his name's Chase. Oh, Chase. sorry. God, it's all fucking. <laughs> OK, Chase. Yeah, fine. Um, it's Chase and Kayla. Yeah. Kayla clearly like several times they make a point of Kayla just being better at stuff. <laughs> but and she's got the. uh you know, the character depth to to not hog the spotlight. Like, she's just, I mean, which is sort of um, ironic for the fact that I'm going to say that she makes her more interesting, though. It makes me want to watch the Kayla show, yeah, not right. the Chase show. Definitely. I will uh, say the the does character designs in this show, it does look like it was drawn by a middle schooler. The it, characters mm-hmm. are lame. Bad. The, that's what I was saying. Like, I, I liked the the monsters of Fighting Foodons, but yeah. the people are... <laughs> Need yeah, I liked I liked Fried Ricer. Uh, yeah. I mean, we, Fried we, Ricer. We, we, yeah, we didn't <laughs> say it, but the, they kind of this is a huge way they crib from Pokemon. Like, aside from the meatballs that who clearly are are super sentient and can just talk, all the rest of the foodons we see just say their own <laughs> Let name. Let us die. <laughs> <laughs> we were born in fire. Uh, <laughs> Our life but, is misery. Give us purpose. <laughs> <laughs> but fried ricer just goes around chopping things and kicking things and going fried ricer uh, fried ricer fried ricer <laughs> meanwhile like so there's this whole fight between him and the and the cow dragon beefsteak even though he's and like so a complete humanoid yeah like he, he seems very capable of intelligent thought mm-hmm. <laughs> more so than the meatballs or the or the cow godzilla <laughs> it's cow catastrophic as they <laughs> said <laughs> uh. But this fight, this fight back and forth between between Cow Godzilla and the Fried Rice Man, it's just like it's awful to listen to because it's just this monster going. It does go on about three minutes longer than it should with just the repeating names. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I like that Fred Reiser doesn't have like good weapons. He's got spoons. <laughs> well, because of That's, course you don't eat you don't eat fried rice with a knife. They keep I they know. keep thematically consistent. It's I like thematically it. consistent. It's just funny. It's just yeah. funny. <laughs> he's a ninja. And he's got two spoons. Um, how do we want to rate this one? Let's do it. Okay, start with uh, uh, the monsters, the foodons. I I kind of like them. I'm going. Five, I'm going five out of five uh, for okay. our monsters. Like, for, you want to collect if these the, food if, on. The, if the scale doesn't include things from outside of the shows we watched, this yeah. is our five. Totally. Yeah, I would legit watch other episodes just because I'm curious to see what they look like. I I would probably give this a four if I was going to give Pokemon a five, simply because I think the design of the first 150 Pokemon is kind of genius in in how I, I don't know. I think it tapped into something in a in a stronger way that like was immediately merchandisable maybe that gets into the capitalist angle a little harder let's look at human characters um i feel like the main character kind of sucks but i didn't hate the other characters i didn't hate them it just was a little sloppy a little uninteresting i liked the teacup wizard 
The teacup, the man on a plate. <laughs> Oslo, yeah. <laughs> he's up. He's on a flying saucer. Do you get it? Oh. Do you get it? Yeah. And yeah. Kayla's. Kayla's. I'd, be, I'd cool. be happy giving it a three. Yeah, three is totally comfy with me for characters. Um, the world now. I think this world is <laughs> certainly a u- horrifying utopia or dystopia. Yeah, I think it's a more immediately understandable. This world is. Like, yeah, and it does provide stakes for everything. Like we know yeah, that mm-hmm. people are being enslaved, and we know that there's an evil king, and these battles actually mean something. It's not just like schoolyard, schoolyard hijinks or like bragging mm-hmm. rights. I, I don't know. I go middle of the road on three that. and a I'd half. Three. Maybe I don't feel like half. it's a four. I go three and a half. Yeah. Uh, capitalist synergy. I would have thought it would have been higher. I think they could have made really good Pokemon game clones, but they didn't. So. And in a way, yeah. this this rating being low makes me like the show a little more. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely. Honest. For sure. You know, I think that's I think that's kind of fun. I think Foodons is a cool Pokemon clone because they didn't try and copy from the top down. They copied a bunch of stuff about the show and tried to do their own thing that wasn't related. Well, and to you a, can and you can tap into a zeitgeist without just trying to liberate children of their money. Yeah, yeah totally. Exactly. And so, you know, I liked I'm, I'm sad that people didn't like this as much. I think this was a fun show. Yeah, I think so, too. <laughs> Next. Okay, so we've at last come to our, our final stop, and uh, we're going to finally talk about the show that's about literally the oldest toy, the least cool toy in the world, the spinning top. And we're we're watching Beyblade. Uh, why? I shouldn't have agreed to this. I don't. I, I don't. I, I've orbited around Beyblade for so long. I never thought I'd actually land on it and watch it or engage with it in any way. This is the worst thing that's happened to me. In, in we did watch it drunk at one point, Andy, I believe. Oh, you're right. We did. We did watch it drunk, but I all I I'd forgotten about it until this moment because of the alcohol. That was a sure. oh, I should have I should have done that again. I should have Peter's silly juice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> damn you, Peter. Uh, we watched the first episode of Beyblade. It's called the Blade Raider, and here is Blade Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen things. I've seen Beyblades off the coast of <laughs> falling like tears in Beyblade brain. Tyson Granger realizes he's running late for a Beyblade battle with Andrew, the best Beyblader in town. Before he gets there, a member of the Blade Sharks named Carlos fights and defeats him, taking his blade. Tyson arrives and snaps, challenging him to a battle at 3 p.m. by the river the next day. A boy named The Chief becomes friends with Tyson, and they realize they need a faster Beyblade to defeat Carlos's heavier one. Tyson attempts and almost gives up until he has a vision of the Great Dragoon Spirit, a power that's been in the family for generations. With new inspiration, Tyson defeats Carlos with a newly developed technique. Before Carlos can escape with his stolen Beyblades, his leader, Kai, appears and strikes him down for his failure. Disgusted by Kai's callous attitude, Tyson challenges him to a battle. Oh, boy. <laughs> this was a delight. <laughs> when it comes to just like the, I mean, maybe it's just the translating, like, budget was better. 
the writing of this one was like kind of better than the other ones. Mm-hmm. Well, the this dialogue a, was snappy. Well, what we're getting is the difference here because two of the shows that we watched, the middle two, were for kids. The first one and this one that we watched are Nelvana. So this is a Canadian dub. Uh, and I think Nelvana maybe does a, has a little more care with uh, with how they do could things. be could be. Uh, but I also said, I, I I attribute it to the writing because some of the plot beats I found more interesting from mm, in this okay. one than the other ones. Okay, okay, so not necessarily the dub, but the original too. As far as the voice acting is concerned, y- it's the hear- worst of the bunch. Yes, you ever hear about those anime that came out that where they just you hear rumors that the dub studio just let them kind of say whatever and do <laughs> anything they wanted because they didn't give a shit. Well, uh, that that did happen for real. But well, yeah, there yeah. were some there were some unfortunate, you know, anime monologues in this show, too, that were not savable. Yeah. Yeah. But the acting was just piss poor in this one. Sure. It was really it was really bad. But I mean, something about Beyblade stuck. Right. So Beyblade was a physical game first, and then they made a manga to promote the sales of the tops. And then they made an anime to promote everything. So well, Beyblade's already. A, down, I mean, it's a it's a children's toy version of a like an old game. Yeah. yeah, it's like action dreidels. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so it's so weird. Like, like, I, I, I don't know. I think I, something interesting about this in Bakugan where it's it's not a video game that we're promoting like Pokemon. Like we're promoting a physical thing. Like, I think I shared a, a video with you guys of Japanese kids like a few years ago on the streets of Tokyo, just like Beyblading. Just fucking shooting tops at each other, and there's like ten of them crowded around a little thing. And in Taiwan, the old guys would go would go to the park, and they've got like a they've got the big they've got these big wooden tops, and they but it was basically Beyblading, and they've got this <laughs> they've got this little platform, and you shoot it onto the platform. So you it's already this like elevated dais, so you have to actually like land it on a target, right? In my, day, the Bay, have, in my day, the Beyblades were wooden. <laughs> I have just Googled uh, Hanukkah Beyblade, and I am getting some responses here from... Uh, from interested parties? From, <laughs> no, from, just from, like, Hanukkah Beyblade battles is what I'm seeing here. You just start um, getting emails from people like, oh my god, wars? is someone finally <laughs> making it? Oh, is it time? I think the theme song to this one is the best one of the bunch. Um, it definitely slapped a bit. Uh, though it has a Wonderwall vibe to it, exactly. it kind of sounded like Wonderwall. Exactly. Oh my God! <laughs> I wrote that down. I wrote it. I wrote it's Beyblade. You're gonna be the one that saves me. <laughs> 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 but like, I thought it. I thought it slapped. I had a good time. I was primed uh-huh. and ready to watch people spin tops. My friend shared, shared this little meme the other day that uh, has been sticking with me. Like music from this period of time is like. <laughs> Is like the th- <laughs> it's like the soundtrack for what would play in your head when when mom tells you it's mac and cheese for dinner tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh shit! Oh god! Um, right. So we the the whole show is set up first with with some a prologue, I guess of. That the beasts something something beasts, something essences and now they're like in tops or something. There used to be beasts before when when Beyblade was young, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the beasts will rise again someday after now that the age of man has begun. And I guess yeah, 
we'll see more beasts. And then we're in a kendo dojo. And I thought you were going to uh, say we're in, we're in a golden age of tops. <laughs> we are in the golden age of tops now. The beasts have indeed rise, risen again. Um, no, and, and I guess um, Tyson's grandfather, uh, who is apparently Macho Man Randy Savage, uh, <laughs> it's just I it has a really bold vocal choice. Um, he's trying to teach Tyson kendo and talks about right now. I want to show you the family sword. Centuries ago, the power of a dragon known as the Great Dragoon was entombed inside of it, and that power is to be passed on only to an accomplished martial artist in our family. So guess what you're getting for your birthday, dude? Ah, uh, come on, man. What a bunch of baloney. And Tyson is not interested. No, but that's what kind of makes all. it fun about this, like, prophecy. Where, like, usually this, this kid's a little too hard-dicked about getting his hands on that sword. Yeah, uh-huh. and I love right. that this all he wants to do is play at this top, and he's like, "I'm sorry, son, wants, but our yeah. family owns a dragon, and you need to be strong <laughs> enough to keep the dragon in the fucking sword." And the guy's like, "But my tops can't talk now." Gramps got a Beyblade. I just got tops to spin, Dad. <laughs> got you don't blade. understand. I don't want to own a dragon in a sword. <laughs> He shows up like fucking Santa Claus with his sack full of calls to adventure. I think it's hysterical, uh, especially considering that Kendo Grandpa has like these, this, like you said, this weird vocal choice and strange localization where he says things like, Come on, little dude, get your head into what you're doing, capiche? Now get down and boogie. It's time we had a little rap session. I think this is a thing we've talked about, certainly off air, but I don't know. About, and I'm not sure about on air. Uh, a translation choice usually that comes with like a really informal version of Japanese that they're trying to preserve for some reason. Yeah. By by switching up to like street lingo. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's analogous maybe from one perspective, but it doesn't work from any other. It doesn't play at all. No. Grandpa also says that next week he's going to teach Tyson about the birds and the bees. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> He's going to teach Tyson how to fuck next week. <laughs> He's probably not going to want to do week... that, too, because it's going to get in the way of his tops. <laughs> this week, Beyblade. Next week, fuck it. He's he's a ripped grandpa. He's a sword master and owns a dragon. He, he gets down. <laughs> but we don't know where the parents are. No, we don't. Here's here's what I think is interesting about Beyblade and maybe makes it unique in the Poke clones. Uh, I'm not going to say that yet because maybe maybe we'll be pro- proven wrong in the coming weeks. But I think what makes this show unique is that unlike most of these games or, or shows that take the game and they make it like bigger than life and give it huge stakes and like, you know, like Yu-Gi-Oh, it's a card game, except it has these huge holograms and we play it in the big stadium and stuff. These kids just play Beyblade. They just yeah. play the game Beyblade. It's yeah. just tops. No, they. They definitely do a lot of work to make it more interesting. That is true. They do. They they make it. They make a lot of effort. Obviously, it's not one to one exactly the game. But the dragon's not in the tops. The dragon's in the sword. Exactly. <laughs> They're just playing this game. I love that there's a magic dragon and a magic sword, and it has nothing to do with the show. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> Yeah, it's it, it inspires him to be better at playing Bach or <laughs> fucking Bay, yeah, Beyblade. Um, because God, it really does, funny. when you get down to it, there is a certain charm in this show about just kids on the street playing their stupid game that yep. they get really into. It doesn't. This isn't a world where 
all of the adults around them are like, all right, get ready for your Beyblade adventure. And we all love Beyblade and Beyblade's our thing. It's like it's literally just like the 11 year olds on, you know, Carson Street or whatever, you know, that like mm-hmm. have their little <laughs> Beyblade thing that they play after school or on the weekends or something. And and you, you kind of get into that little world of theirs. And, yeah. you know, that's kind of fun. I think I think that puts this solidly in the genre where where I wouldn't put the other ones in this genre. I think this I think Beyblade is in the sports anime genre. Well, Carlos is already a much more interesting villain than um, than any of the others that we've met uh, so far. Uh, he's he we meet him sort of in a little bit of mystery. Nobody uh, our our main character. Who's his face? Tyson. Uh, Tyson shows up late to a fight and his fight has already been sort of thumped by by Carlos. We've missed that fight entirely. Takes yeah. us a little bit of getting takes us a little bit of catch up to figure out what's going on. Andrew, the boy he was gonna fight, is is scared shitless of Carlos. Who, like has, who has a Santa sack full of Beyblades <laughs> he's you know that he's stolen yeah. from kids as he's beaten them. It's absurd, but it's it plays. That struck me as real too. Like an older kid who thinks that these young kids' Beyblades are stupid and he just wants to go around trouncing little kids and stealing their Beyblades. I would believe that. Andrew might be the single least appealing character <laughs> design I've ever seen. <laughs> Dude, all of these faces are busted up. He's a monster. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's Mumps the character. <laughs> <laughs> His cheekbones are daggers, and they're trying to escape his skin. It's so yeah. upsetting. And half his face is his lips. <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> and I should rephrase. He's got a very small face, but it's mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just he's odd. He's, an, he's an odd duck. But he, I kind of learned to love him. Andrew. Andrew grew on me mm-hmm. as a as a main character groupie. He was fun. I like the chief. The chief is the my chief. favorite character. <laughs> the chief. <laughs> He's, he's a little egghead. He kind of reminds me of that of that nerd character from uh, from Beverly Hills Teens mm-hmm. uh, because he has a horny robot as well. Yes, he's, he's got, got a, a horny, horny Pokedex. Pokedex. Yeah. God. And this one is a lady voice. And can you arrest uh, an AI for pedophilia? <laughs> because she is deeply, yeah. concernedly interested in two 10-year-old boys. Just... <laughs> And not a, even. I want to drop a clip from her. Uh, yeah. She like after this big like climactic fight in the episode, the, and and you know Tyson pulls out some new strategy. Everyone's like jaw drops, and the Pokedex, the thirsty Pokedex, decides to explain what's going on, and she says, "That's right, Chief. Once you factor in the ripcord being twice as long, combined with Tyson's running start technique, you end up with four times the spin." Now, on a personal note, when are you and I going to have some alone time? What the fuck? <laughs> Also, the show, when, when we are introduced to Carlos, the, sh- the, the camera really lingers on Carlos and shows his like weird, like tensing lips. And like it, it does an upshot of like his ass when he leaves. And he's it's like, is this show an, horny for Carlos? Like he's kind what? of a dangerous hunk. He's kind of yeah. a Vegeta. Uh-huh. He's a Vegeta character. I mean, later, later when, when Tyson whips out his new strategy, he definitely has a Vegeta reaction where he's sort of like, you know, his, his metaphorical power scanner like shatters and he goes, no, it's impossible. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but he, he's, I don't know, maybe, maybe there's a lot of thirst flying around in this show. Uncomfortably none of, horny, none of it's, I think. None of it is with our main character who just wants tops. He, he's just <laughs> horny for tops. And yeah. I, I, I respect that. 
it's fun because the stakes are firmly set because the show takes place in a generically real world. It looks mm-hmm. like it takes place yeah. in a, a probably modern day Tokyo. Yeah. And uh, he has a real sword with a real dragon in it and he hates it. <laughs> <laughs> and that makes it so much more fun. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god. They do some kind of I would say a pretty a pretty prototypical shonen anime job of setting up how the, how this fight is going to work logistically and explaining it all and then yeah. performing it exactly as it is explained and Yeah. So I kind of I kind of enjoyed this element where so the chief looks at this top that that Carlos has and is like, "Well, I've analyzed it and it looks like his top is heavier. It's got more mass." And therefore, it's harder to push around. And so it's going to be harder to defeat. So we need to, I guess, make a top. I guess they forge all of their own tops somehow. And they don't like. <laughs> yeah, buy that them part's a little poorly explained. And they don't ex- they don't get into why the why you shouldn't just make a heavier top. They instead go the other right. direction. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Make it faster. Yeah, it's it's unclear yeah. if he's harnessed some sort of dark matter that allows his <laughs> yeah. top and to be so- heavier. And so what what happens is is Tyson Tyson goes off and he tries to figure it out and so he the his first instinct is oh I want to make it spin we need to make it spin four times as fast okay, and so he yes. makes he makes his like that's that's the thing it has to be four times as fast as normal so he makes his four rip times. cord twice as long and he's like damn it that I can only get it to to twice as fast when he's trying to think about this four times speed I have to play the audio of his wondering in his head we're hearing him. <laughs> <laughs> thinking about four times four times and it's four the times. wrong it's the wrongest delivery on every single time <laughs> he says it four times four times four times tyson four times tyson and so he, he the ripcord thing doesn't work and only gets him two times uh, faster and so he, I guess, has some sort of epiphany where he dreams about the dragon he in his sword. He passes out and is visited by his dragon. <laughs> <laughs> and then wakes up and he realizes this is, I think, the dumbest part of the episode. No, I yes. still love it because he hates the dragon and the dragon taught him about his, like, the dragon cares about his top fights. <laughs> the, dra- <laughs> the dragon is invested in his life and he still hates it. <laughs> Yeah. Well, but, and then and then Macho Man is... Grandpa looks out the window, and there's Tyson like ripping it up in the backyard, <laughs> in some sort of Beyblade fever dream. Yeah, yeah. He's trying to jump up in the air. The solution that he comes up with is de- like strangely delightfully rooted in reality and not reality. Super because not. I guess I guess the way he makes up for not being able to get four times as fast with the ripcord, but only twice as fast, is that he's going to make up the difference by just getting a running start at the top battle. So It's sort of a leaping... <laughs> uh, what I did like about it was that it wasn't expressly explained, so, so it got to play visually as a little twist. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they step up to the fight and Carlos is like, oh, look at that. Uh, twice as long of a ripcord. Nobody's ever thought of that one before. <laughs> right. And then uh, and then our boy <laughs> like walks Tyson, 50 feet like, away from the battlefield. Walks like 50 feet away. <laughs> like, what the fuck are you doing? Like it's, it's visually be visually. It's a it's an interesting it's an interesting move. Yeah, uh, I, I, was, I, was, I, I leaned in a little bit. 
I'm deeply curious on how they are going to continue to evolve the strategy of this game. How do they escalate this? This is it. This is all you can do in a game. I saw a YouTube comment somewhere where someone was like, yeah, Beyblade season one is the only good season because the only one where they talked about strategy and they got rid of the strategy after this. And I'm sitting here going, this <laughs> seems like that they've what? they've emptied the well of possible strategies in episode one. What else can you, you do other than make cord. a longer ripcord and run at it? Like, what you other things do you have? The, there's a kid <laughs> earlier in, in the episode that just is like, well, you know, with uh, a little luck and an awesome blade, you might win. <laughs> It's like, that's it. It's fucking luck. And you buy the cool, you gotta buy the cool top. And it, this is early age Beyblade, and it's not even Beyblade Burst, which I looked into a bit, which is like what sort of is happening now, like the modern stuff, where you actually do assemble your Beyblade and from like three different like interchangeable pieces. So you collect a bunch of pieces and you kind of assemble a unique Beyblade. Th- that's not really what this is. You, you just buy a Beyblade. Like there's, there's no forging of a Beyblade. You just have a thing and you rip, you pull the ripcord and you hope for luck. You don't get to pick what color your crystal's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> totally. Uh, uh, we talk about Kai really quick, about the ending Yeah, here. Kai shows up at the end. He's, he's that the, was another fun little, tw- I don't know about twist, but just like, again, kind of stacking stakes and, mm-hmm. and intrigue. When fucking this, Goku yeah, shows up. Yeah, this, this fucking t- 11-year-old. Who says, I always knew this day would come. Who's the leader of a Beyblade gang? <laughs> yeah. They say, they say uh, he says, the name is Kai. I'm the leader of the Blade Sharks, kid. And then the chief goes, oh, no, the Blade Sharks are the toughest Bay gang no, no, around. No. Chief Bay doesn't gang. even say that. Chief gets it wrong. He says, look, the Bay Sharks are the toughest Bay gang around. <laughs> he says it wrong. They didn't even bother to fix it. Oh, it's so funny. Yeah. Bay gangs. It's just roving bay gangs. These these feral teens in their tops. <laughs> is that why the Beyonce song is "You Put My Love Love on Top"? Is because she's Bay and she's she's, she's Queen, Queen Bay. Queen, yeah, I like. I think that you are going to jail. It's close, but yeah. unfortunately, still jail. Beyonce Blade is the- <laughs> some game I'd like to play. <laughs> All right, we need to rate this thing. Uh, Monsters not applicable, really. No. Uh, well, no, it is. It is because the tops we have a dragon. are dope. The tops are dope. The tops are the monsters, and they're pretty dope, I gotta say. And they make you want to buy them. They do make you want to buy them. They are, they're... That's they commercialism. We gotta stay, we gotta rank them on, yeah. on like, for okay. the, the quality of the, for the... In this show, are the tops themselves interesting, novel, cool, scary... Funny, no, whatever. Put I, gotta say I, I no. put them in the middle. I, I gotta put them in middle low, middle low for for just the tops on their own. The show did a good job making Beyblade genuinely not as low stakes and not cool as it really is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But so without, for that, I guess but, I can give it a two and a half. Yeah, all through craft as well, and not yeah. like through artificially through being craft, like, yeah, well, yeah, the the world is going to explode if you don't win this game. It's like <laughs> you don't win don't... the Beyblade tournament, yeah. Well, <laughs> right. and, there's, and there's a thing that's true no matter what, which is that you can pretty much have any video you want playing, and if you put some fun background music behind it, it suddenly adds something to it, right? Like and music kids is playing cheating. tops. And then you put music in. It is cheating, but it does it does work a little bit to sort of elevate. No, it works. That's what I mean by it. That's why I mean it's cheating. It yeah, it's totally works. cheating. It, <laughs> yeah. it cheats and it works, and and it it, it cheated you know me into enjoying it. What I have ten Beyblades now. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Uh, how are the people? 
Uh, I can give this a four. The the characters, no, they're not my favorite characters. Like, but my favorite characters have been these sort of like world characters, these sort of side pieces. Mm-hmm. But of of mainstays, this core crew, Tyson and his and his cronies are fun and funny. The villains like are over the top and and silly. I liked them. I feel sure. that. Uh huh. Absentee parents, fully gone. Fully no gone. mention. Yeah, where are they? <laughs> we don't They're know. Gone. There's a grandpa. The grandpa's really trying to foist a different TV show onto Tyson. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he's a, he doesn't want it. He's a, he doesn't want to be Shaman King. He wants to be Beyblade. <laughs> I would fully love it if one of these shows just had another one of these shows in the same world. It's like, oh, those kids, they're all playing Bakugan. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> okay, how 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 horrifying is the world? Not at all. This is like a normal. Well, there is a very real dragon, though. <laughs> but there, yeah. yes, there is a real. But dragon. But he does seem to be trapped in a sword and in dreams and in dreams. Yeah, but this not this is not a whole world in service of ten year olds <laughs> being able to play Beyblade. To really play good. God, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, give it a one on the scariness. Okay. Our capitalist synergy. Boy, howdy, it's a five. It's, this is full marks. Yeah, this I is think a you full, full marks Walt for Disney royal flush. They show you the products. They show you exactly how to do it, why you need to buy more. How cool you'll be if you have a bunch. Yeah. At one point, they have a kid essentially look at the camera and go, oh, man, Beyblades are so cool. They have to tell you that. <laughs> they do you have might to not, tell you. You might not pick that up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if they could have made a, a card game out of this, I'm sure they would have. I, I'm, yeah. I'm assuming they made a couple of video games, right? I think like, that's why Bakugan was the sort of like, okay, let's take Beyblade and then we can add a card element to it as well. Mm-hmm. It was sort of a fix. Well, and also, I mean, Beyblade is still going. You know that, right? Like, th- that's still, it's still happening. Uh, there's currently like on like a YouTube exclusive uh, cartoon that they're making in Japan. Uh, and if you count up all the episodes from all the different Beyblade shows they've had since this came out, it's like at least 600 episodes worth of Beyblade content. And they're still making new Beyblades. Uh, I definitely I definitely have students play with tops, but I was too afraid of seeming out of touch by asking if they're Beyblades. <laughs> <laughs> What do we think as far as what these shows did in general? Like, what was the best thing to take from Pokemon? You know, like moving forward, like what's hmm. what results in a better show? Uh, as far uh, as what you're borrowing? I Well, so uh, because I, I think the thing the thing that Pokemon did so well was be really appealing to kids in a way that we don't usually talk about on the show. We usually look at shows for their longevity for their ability to be a little bit deeper than a shameless kids you know cash Mm -hmm. grab yeah but what pokemon did so well was kind of be just that without being just that um in other words like the show is in service the show is not a masterpiece it's not good exactly Mm -hmm. Uh, i'm not gonna tear it down it's not the worst show by a long shot but what it did was inspire kids to love the content 
and reward them for being inspired. Reward them with yeah. knowledge and not and uh, tools to you know take to other parts of it. I I, yeah. I don't know that you should do you should copy Pokemon unless your goal is to sell product. Right. Yeah. Now I would also say though that Pokemon started off in their first couple episodes introducing maybe five Pokemon tops, and yeah. there aren't too many in Fighting Foodons. Fighting Foodons doesn't doesn't yeah blow Fighting Foodons with- doesn't blow you up. Um, but Bakugan just sort of overloads so much. It's such a mess with information happening. Well, and I know we didn't talk about this much, but Bakugan. I think is much more of a Yu-Gi-Oh clone than it is a Pokemon clone, having watched it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's to a serious detriment, because if you don't want to copy Pokemon, you definitely don't want to copy Yu-Gi-Oh. What Pokemon <laughs> does is it's funny because we talk about shows that have the, you know, have the balls to treat kids like adults. And Pokemon goes the other way. It doesn't treat you intellectually like an adult. It just tells you you're an adult. You're 10 years old. You can go. You're an adult now with you can you have rights and you can do whatever mm-hmm. you want. Yeah. Yeah. And that's an amazing fantasy for I mean, 10 year olds. Absolutely. So so clearly we liked Foodons and uh, and Beyblade the most. And I think I think they definitely they crib different things. Right. Foodon Foodon has more of a tonal commonality maybe with with pokemon sure sure pokemon has kind of a, a light-hearted silliness a fantasy about world it. yeah it's got a fantasy world there's there's like a you know it's a funny show there's even there's though it. does allude to a horrific uh, empire of slaves <laughs> yes uh, you don't really get the impression much bad happens in this show like mm-hmm. you're not going to watch anything horrific yeah. happen to anybody yeah i get the sense the dinosaur king wanted to be pokemon the most yeah, but mm-hmm. uh, didn't really get there. And Bakugan, I think, is a Yu-Gi-Oh ripoff, and is trying to go that way. Yeah, it's a little too serious. It takes its it takes itself, you know, way up its own ass. And I think I think Foodon's Foodon's almost reminded me of of Samurai Pizza Cats a little bit in terms of its like zaniness or or sure. you know what I mean? Like it's it nuts. had kind of, it had kind of an unchained energy. Yeah, yeah, that went beyond what Pokemon offered. And I thought I think that's kind of a cool angle on it for. Beyblade, I think it was pretty rooted in in reality to, you know, outside of the sword dragon. I think that that kind of that kind of goes along in the same line of like, we're going to teach you things that are the cool rejection about the of the sword dragon is kind of what cements it in reality. Like in yeah. a real, uh-huh. real world, I don't want a dragon. I, <laughs> I want to pay my bills <laughs> and play games with my friends. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Andrew's the strongest Beyblader in the neighborhood, and I'm going to go fight him on the roof of the school over the summer break. Well, okay, don't suck your own dick too hard. <sighs> but I am really good at Beyblade, you guys. I'm really good at Beyblade. We we watched a lot of content this week. We talked about a lot of stuff. I might watch more Fighting Foodons outside of this. I'm not going to lie to you right now. I'd be interested I, to yeah. see a little bit more of it. Maybe we'll do a special in the, in the, yeah. In the future. Yeah, that yeah I, can, I can mainline... I could binge watch <laughs> Fighting Foodons. I guess we don't necessarily know exactly what we're airing next week, so I won't I won't tease what's happening. But we have definitely two more weeks of Poke Clones. We're gonna watch four more shows, and I I'm very excited. And with that, I think we will see you next Tuesday. Bye.